The Evolving Leader is a series that shares insights into the never-ending journey of leadership and entrepreneurship. Join us as Three Pillars CEO David DeWolf talks with peers who have been instrumental in his own leadership journey. Welcome back to The Evolving Leader. We're pleased to welcome Heather Combs for this episode to talk about the power of diversity and duality in leadership. Heather held a number of C-level roles at Three Pillar from 2016 until this year, including Chief Revenue Officer and Chief Operating Officer. She was recently named CEO of Straighter Line, a student success and college readiness company focused on helping colleges and universities improve retention and admit more college-ready students. Heather is entering the organization to help expand the mission of Straighter Line to help solve for workforce readiness and accelerate growth at what's an exciting time for the company. First off, congratulations, Heather, on the recent announcement, and thanks for joining us during what I know is a very busy time for you. Thanks, Will. Yeah, it's been an exciting couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I, mean, I know we'll dig into it later on and, and what to expect in your in your new role, but uh, to kind of set the stage for the episode, just give us an idea. How did, how did you and David first meet, and how did you come to start working together? Oh, can we tell the real story of how we met? I think so. <laughs> um, David and I both were attending a, um, an investor's event at uh, Nat Stadium in one of the boxes, and we were um, the two people who were skipping the networking back in the box and sitting down with our, our beer and snacks watching the game. <laughs> and so we bonded of like, oh, you like baseball. Yeah, I yeah. accepted the invitation to see baseball. And David was like, me too. Did we, you know? <laughs> Do we have to talk to anybody? <laughs> um, little did we know that worked for them in networking. We actually um, immediately uh, hit it off, became friends, and, and for um, you know, a couple of years after that, stayed mm -hmm. in touch and, mm -hmm. and just had a relationship on the market. I was doing um, consulting essentially for other companies, helping them work on their growth and revenue strategies. And David at the time didn't need help. So we were just um, getting to know each other, asking, you know, sort of friend questions in the market until one day I got the phone call that uh, his former head of sales, Tony Orlando, was headed out to his next adventure, and uh, and he maybe had a few needs. Yep. Okay, got it. So, so David, pick it up from there. You initially started working with Heather as a, as a consultant. Yep. What what did you see in her uh, that you know that made you realize she was the right fit for Three Pillar, and and how did you how did you bring her on board full time? Yeah. So Heather, as she said, came in at a point in time that we were in transition, and the reality of what we had built was. We had already moved from me doing all the sales and being the point and the tip of the spear as this you know, individual consultancy mm -hmm. to a point where we were trying to scale a sales machine. And Tony had done a phenomenal job of getting out and beginning to teach some individuals how to do that. But we needed to transition from a hero culture mm -hmm. to an actual professional sales and marketing organization. Right. And so Heather had that background. She had that experience and had not only been in sales and marketing leadership, but also on the product development side and just this really well-rounded professional presence around how do you take an organization to the next level and scale it. Mm -hmm. And doing that not just with hard work, but with strategy and thoughtfulness. And that was really her passion. But what was interesting as we had gotten to know each other in the previous couple of years, we had realized that we had these very complementary skill sets and that what she was passionate about and gifted at was what I was weak at and vice versa, right? And it's one of those relationships that it would either work phenomenally well or be 
totally broken, right? Um, and so I think for both of us, it was a little bit of an experiment around what happens when we get together and start to put these wildly different backgrounds and experiences together. And over those next three months, I mean, it was like magic, right? We started getting on a whiteboard and I'd have this idea and then she'd actually make it happen, right? And, and it was just this new unique dynamic um, that was very powerful and really taught me the lesson of complementary and, and diverse teams and really doubled down on that thought that you have to surround yourself with people that are unlike yourself, even frankly, when it makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> and there were plenty of times we made each other uncomfortable, right? Yeah, I like that you said initially complementary because mm -hmm. some days it can feel like that, really passing the ball back and forth. And other days it can seem um, confrontational. Sure. Right? It was like, wow, you have this idea that will never work. Like, here's all the reasons why. Let's think about the 10 ways this pulls through. And other days, it's like David would have these aha moments, this huge idea. And then you could see right away, all right, if we put the next three steps in place, we can make that real. Yep. And so it works both ways where um, we're some days are easier than others. One of those moments that comes to mind was, I'll never forget, this idea was percolating in my mind as the concept of the product mindset became more and more real and customers were pulling for it and asking for it. Teach my CFO this, teach my CEO this. And this one day, I just woke up at two in the morning, I had this idea, oh my gosh, I've got to write this down in a book. That's how we do it and scale it. And wouldn't it be powerful? And it was a very early, just fledgling idea. And I planted that seed with Heather and it was like, all of a sudden, we had a PR firm and a you know, <laughs> publisher and, and it was like, oh my gosh, this went from an idea and me maybe sitting down and writing a few chapters to holy cow, we're doing this and that was real. It, it's true and that was one of those great places where you had an idea that was perfectly timed for where the organization was. Hmm. Because what was making three pillars so different in the environment at that time is that it was really leading with um, product development. So being different, not IT services, but the development of customer facing product. And the more we realized that was different in the market and that there was a philosophy behind how you do that, the more we said, we need to not keep this secret sauce in, but share it. That will be what really tells potential clients and the market, frankly, what we believe and what we do. So it was perfect. Mm -hmm. And um, to, to then capture it and to keep David focused on that idea. Because, you know, one problem with someone who has as many ideas as David is he'll go on to the next one if you let him. You have to say, okay, let's make this real. You she know? actually made me write the book, not just ideate it. You know, it's crazy. Exactly. And that's when we started thinking of how do you do that? You know, we brought Jess Hall in um, to help round out some of the, um, the spaces that she worked in in the depth. We had you know, David's vision and then Jess's on-the-ground experience. And then we started working with the the team of people that come behind something like a book and pulled it all the way through to um, one of my favorite parts, the the breakfast series. Right. Yeah. David then eventually takes it on the road once mm -hmm. we're published and, and gets to sit down in these small groups of 20, 25 people and have breakfast with them and talk through the book. And it just it was um, a joy to go through the process. Hard at times. Hard work. Um, and, a, and a few moments where we had to make the hard call, like, are we ready? Mm, yes, no. Yep. And then uh, when we finally went, um, it really worked. And, and today, I still think it's it's one of the places that helps differentiate Three Pillar and David and Jeff. For sure.
for sure. Yeah. And and what just so so people know what is what is the book? I know you alluded to it, but what's the title? Sure. Um, the the book is called The Product Mindset, and uh, it is all about the thinking that is required in order to compete in this digital economy. Um, because so many people think that the digital economy is about technology, it's actually not. Technology has been part of business for years and years and years. What's different is the way you think about technology, that it's a growth driver. It's not something about efficiencies within the business. Technology can play both roles, undoubtedly, but to think about it as your product, to think about it as what you're going to market with to drive growth and revenue and customer engagement um, is a different mentality that requires a different set of principles to operate off of. Okay, got it. And also, it, we, we've talked a lot about the product mindset, but the series of workshops that you that you developed was also a wildly successful kind of component of, of the product mindset. Well, you know, and that's really was taking um, a chapter from from a previous part of my life where we had seen that really um, in these other growth models, what you needed to do is make it real for people. So now there was a book that people could read, as David would tell them, from, you know, on a flight from one side of the country to the other. So it was meant to be really digestible. But then how do you put it into practice? And so we started inviting people in-house to talk through the principles of the book in practice. So... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trained up a team of um, on that could speak to it, that could teach to it. And what started happening are the people that came in-house to hear us talk about it there and to ask questions started saying, well, could you do this for my team on site? Mm-hmm. And so we then found that we were sitting on a product, you know, that we had another service to offer um, the market. So we started, you know, heading into companies to really train their product development organizations on these principles. And, you know, before we knew it, we had an entire new revenue stream, a new way to engage the market. Um, It really worked out. Mm -hmm. I think it's still working. I think so. (laughs) So David, let me ask, it sounds like you're intentional about hiring people that think differently and, and are different from yep. you. Uh, is that, uh, is that a, a conscious decision that you make when you're, when you're looking for people to add to your executive team? It, it is. I, I actually look very intentionally for two almost contradictory things. The first one is you have to have values alignment. Right. There is no doubt that the power of a team is associated with do we believe in the same fundamental things? But I think way too often people translate this very conceptual ideology to mean, do we agree on everything? Mm-hmm. Do we make the same decisions, right? Do we have the same levels of expertise? And, and that's not what ideology is. It is things like one of Three Pillars' core values that Heather and I and everybody else at Three Pillars share is the fundamental belief in the dignity of the human person, mm-hmm. that everybody matters as a human being, not just because of what they provide to the company. And so because of that, there's a profound respect for people. That's values. Different perspectives on business, different perspectives on how to go to market, what to do with a book, what to, you know, all of these types of things. It's really good to have diversity and to have that diversity of thought. And oh, by the way, the type of environment where we can challenge each other, where we can go and debate something and have at it and just dig into issues and even disagree. 
And so I'm very purposeful about finding people that come from different backgrounds, right? I had an engineering background. Heather was all about the market, and that was powerful and complimentary to me, right? She has a wildly different educational background than I do. Um, my experience, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur was very different. I became CEO, and for the first time, I managed people as CEO of the business because I was the entrepreneur. Heather had grown up in an organization where she had learned to manage and where I had some natural leadership capabilities that attracted people to me, she had phenomenal management capability that I could really learn from, right? With all my hires, I look for that complementarity. Um, and then I also look for the different strengths and geniuses that we bring to the table, right? What are those natural personality traits, right? I'm a deep thinker, my mind doesn't stop, right? How do I complement that with people that really discern my ideas? Heather's a great example, right? She'll stand up and say, that's a dumb idea, David. Or it won't work for this or Can you tweak it this way? I need that or I will frag an organization. Yeah. Heather, can you think of any dumb ideas that David's had over the years? <laughs> <laughs> Probably too oh, many. Right. Don't get me in trouble, Will. Um, but but I, th I think there's a lot of truth in, in what David's saying about the different ways that we think. Um, I tend to run into the details and start thinking about why something will or how it will work or how it won't. And so this can, it can be exhausting for those people who bring the ideas because all of a sudden it looks like you have a naysayer in the room. But what we really have is somebody who's, um, David used the word discern, is trying to sort through um, how we could bring it to life and whether mm -hmm. or not um, those steps that we might take are going to break something along the way. And so it's, it's a really good set of matching ideas where sometimes David comes up with a really big idea, but if you ran after it, the three things that might break down the road aren't worth the collateral damage. And once you get him to talk through that, he's like, oh yeah, that, that idea is not going to work. Mm -hmm. In other cases, you see a real opportunity and you just need that person who can pull the thread all the way through, mm -hmm. who can operationalize the idea into reality by thinking through how to miss the landmines, how, <laughs> how to make sure that um, those things happen. Because you can imagine in an in a, you know, organization as complex as Three Pillar, nine countries mm -hmm. where people are all over the world operationalizing something takes a number of steps. You have to get through each department, you get through each set of paperwork where everything's documented, every process and really work it through. Um, and by the time you're thinking about those things, David is long gone on to <laughs> the next um, idea or two or three. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Yeah. Well, never a dull moment, I'm sure. That's right. No. It makes for a lot of fun. <laughs> no. And every once in a while, he'll ask you that question. He'll say, like, why are you still working on that? We did that months ago. <laughs> Hold on. You know, it, this takes time. Um, and that's what I think he means by fragging the organization. Someone to remind you of, like, we're still pulling through you this last idea, you know, you got to give us a, a minute. Um, and that can be both the, the compliment and the rub. I want to make sure we don't miss a part of that because I think it's so important. This complementarity um, is critical. But I think sometimes leaders that do prioritize that also don't give the space to others to actually speak into it. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, it's hard sometimes to have this brilliant idea that you have this vision and you can see it crystal clear and believe that just because you've thought it, it's real. And then to have somebody say, time out, it's not real yet. And it's 10 times harder than you think it is mm -hmm. um, because you can see it so clearly, right? And, and for me, that that's my Achilles heel um, because I am that visionary. For, for different people, it's different things, mm -hmm. but you have to create an environment on your team that allows people to do that. Heather would not have succeeded at Three Pillar if I created an environment where she couldn't disagree with me, where she couldn't challenge me, even publicly, like no problem with it. And I think that was one of the secrets to our success is we both got comfortable, I think it was a little harder for you at first, <laughs> to, to be able to go at it and to, and to really say, let's really use the strengths and weaknesses for the benefit of the whole versus one of us just trying to win. It's not about winning when you're a leader. It's about the best idea and championing that and all of us succeeding together with all of our strengths at the table. It took a long time to accept the fact that you think through debate. So yeah. I felt argued with. Yeah. I just wanted to, you know, David have a good idea of me to talk about the reasons either would or wouldn't work. And then for us to sort of like have a, a moment of mind meld. And that is not how David works. Um, he likes to ask another layer of questions and another and another. And so you wind up in this really difficult intellectual debate where you have to defend what you think. And what I didn't understand at first working through that is that that's how David's coming to understand his own thinking on the topic. Mm -hmm. But I not only learned you know, your style, but in many ways started to adopt it. And I could sometimes have these moments um, where later on when we'd have you know, years later something I couldn't get my head around, I'd say, convince me. Like, mm -hmm. you teach me until I believe you. Mm -hmm. And it, there is really something powerful about having someone have to sort of overcome the argument mm -hmm. um, that lets it come through and it gets better over time, but it is not always a comfortable day. I mean, yeah. I can think of a number of times sweating at the whiteboard. <laughs> I don't understand this math, you know, like you tell me how this would work. And um, yeah. and David's saying, well, do it, look at it this way. I'm like, I can't see it that way. Right. So, so one of the three pillar values that we talked about with Jamie earlier is, is open collaboration. And I think people <laughs> tend to think of collaboration as working together, and, and it is, but it doesn't have to mean agreeing on everything as, as you're talking about. I mean, oftentimes you're, you're searching for the best answer together with a group of people, but it doesn't mean that you're, you know, that it's all lovey-dovey and you know, everything so is true. great. I like to say that agreement and alignment are not the same thing. The process that Heather just articulated is a process to seek alignment, not to seek agreement. Many times we will end up agreeing. We'll argue, we'll go back and forth, and one of us will convince each other of the other's ideas. Mm -hmm. That's great, that's phenomenal. Yep. But a lot of times, one of the hard parts of being a leader is to make the call and to say, we've debated this enough. Do you have any other arguments that haven't been spoken? I don't wanna rehash the ones that have already been here. I'm gonna stand back and I'm gonna make a judgment call and we're gonna go. What happens when you have that type of debate and you have that type of trust that you can truly express all those opinions, get them on the table, is then when the leader steps up and says, okay, now it's my turn to make a call, everybody feels heard. And it's much easier to buy in and commit once you have had that. If you live in an environment where you can't be heard, where you can't go and go at it and try to understand, it's really hard to buy in because then it's just somebody in an ivory tower making a decision. Mm -hmm. 
I think that one of the most powerful phrases on a leadership team after you get through that is to be able to say, I disagree and commit. Mm -hmm. To hit, hit that moment where you say, okay, I see it differently, but I'm all in. Because if yep. we're not all in together, we can't make this real. Undoubtedly. And, um, and it really does feel powerful in the moment to be able to say, I've said my piece. We disagree, and smart people are going to disagree, right? In fact, I don't know that you would want a team that everyone agreed all of the time. You would right. probably wouldn't have enough ideas on the table if that were the case. You'd probably just have rubber stamps, right? And you can't have that. And so to, to get to say it and then move forward um, was always freeing. Um, you know, and you might say it with a huff and walk out. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you huff in the room, not out of the room, right? it's all right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Heather, we mentioned your new role in the in the intro. David, uh, as Heather you know, spreads her wings and is you know taking on the role of leading a company, you you know how she works well. Nope. Uh, what what words of wisdom would you share with Heather as as she takes the reins at Straighter Line? You know, I I think this idea of building a team of complementary people mm -hmm. really really matters. Right. Find people that will challenge you, and oh by the way, will make you uncomfortable. Right. Because I think it's easy to to think of the individual who is being led, who is the direct report as being the uncomfortable one. But the reality is you made me feel just as uncomfortable. And as a leader, you have to embrace that. There's nobody forcing you to do that. There's nobody from the top that is forcing you to embrace that uncomfort. And so I'd say build a team that is diverse, that has different ideas, that totally disagrees with you, complements your strengths and weaknesses. Um, I think that can really bring about a powerful team environment if you work on the health of that team and give them the opportunity to exercise those muscles. Right, the health of the team is an important part of that in a team that it has that much diversity. But it, it's an interesting point when you think about what is diversity and, and what does it bring. And I think that especially the marketing background, and you will talk about the, the reason you need diversity, a lot of different people and different ways of thinking about things is that's what your customer base looks like. Mm -hmm. So rarely are you selling to some exact prototype of some set of people. You've got um, men and women. You have people from all kinds of socioeconomic backgrounds. You have mm -hmm. people from all kinds of you know, political or philosophy um, differences, you know, philosophical ideas that they're, they're deeply attached to, um, all kinds of cultural backgrounds. You know, some of my favorite three pillar stories are about things when you send a product from the U.S. to one of our international locations, you better really stop and make sure they understand how the product is used. Do you remember um, making a product for blinds, you know, mini blinds in a window did not translate easily at first to India, yeah. the team that was working on it, because they didn't have mini blinds as a window treatment at that time in India. Mm -hmm. And so you think about that, that's why you need lots of people in the room who've come from lots of different experiences and places and diverse sets of norms in order to really speak into that room, which ultimately speaks into the management of the company, mm -hmm. which ultimately makes for a better product that you take to market. And that's why we're really all yep. in this, right? Is to ultimately have the right solutions to somebody's pain point. Yeah. To really create value in that world, right? right? You know, yeah, for sure. Very nice. Well, Heather, congratulations on the new role. Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining us today. Uh, if, if people are interested in learning more about you and about the company, where should they go? 
Um, but great question. Um, so straighter line really has two, um, two parts to it. There's the side that directly helps students who, um, and students really, you should think of that broadly, learners, people who are either taking college classes or who are taking um, credentials in the market that are helping them be prepared for their next um, role. And then they have the side that helps the universities and the employers to create a platform for those classes. And so if you are a partner of some kind, a university or an employer, hit our partners.straighterline.com site. And if you're a student, um, check out one of our classes, um, straighterline.com. I'm uh, putting my own high school senior through it um, so that she can pick up a couple of her college classes this summer before she gets started. All right, very nice. Well, it sounds like you and David were uh, two peas in a pod at the baseball game <laughs> and quickly discovered that you had a lot of differences, but uh, it's, it was a very successful relationship over the course of five years at Three Pillar. Uh, congratulations on the great run and, and the new role. Thank you so much. Fun to see you guys both. Thanks, DJ. Absolutely. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of The Evolving Leader. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star rating, a glowing review, and a share on whichever social media networks you call home. For more on the podcast and to view video of each episode, please visit daviddewolf.com slash podcast.